Hello and welcome to Time for Cakes and Ale, episode 7, with me, Eason. And me, Bex. And this is a special episode brought to you the day of the grand unveiling of the Nintendo Switch. Crisis alert! <laughs> crisis <laughs> alert! <laughs> it's not. It doesn't warrant a crisis alert. Maybe it does warrant a crisis alert. Mm. Yes, the Switch has been revealed. Yeah, the, the, the crisis is that we had to wake up at four o'clock this morning in order to watch the uh, live broadcast from Japan, which we did. And we're now very tired. <laughs> Jet lag setting in after several hours. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's been talked about for a long time. And this is the new console from Nintendo, formerly known as the Nintendo NX. Mm. And now known as the Nintendo Switch. Yes. Um, and this was the first time that they've actually gone through all the specifications of the console. And they've also uh, discussed for the first time what some of the lineup of games is going to be. Uh, the ones that launch, the ones which are going to be coming out over the next few months, etc. And we thought it would be kind of interesting to do a Flash episode uh, just about uh, the Switch. Yeah, so it's very exciting because although there had been some information that had come up before about what it was going to be like, there had been one trailer that had been released, so we kind of had a vague idea about the, the portability of it and the little controllers and that kind of thing. Um, this is the first time that there's been... A, a proper unveiling of so much information and confirmation that yes it's coming out on the 3rd of March and what games are going to be available on the 3rd of March which is a pretty big deal given what some of the games are uh, we've got a long list of games uh, that they've announced some of them have specific launch dates some of them have general launch dates some of them have no launch dates but they're saying they're doing them some of them aren't even games <laughs> but it's, I don't think it's an understatement to say that Nintendo have to see this as a success because the Wii U was not successful in terms of from a financial and sales side certainly compared to the Wii that had come before it. Yeah, it wasn't like a big leap beyond the Wii which everyone seemed to have. Yeah. And it didn't realistically it didn't have a, a brilliant lineup of games over its lifespan which has actually been quite short by Nintendo console times. But it was kind of cool. It had its it had its plus points, and I think as they pointed out in the unveiling, the new Switch does take into account kind of good aspects of all the former Nintendo consoles. So if you go back to the very beginning of Nintendo consoles back in the eighties, where the big battle was Nintendo versus Sega, and Nintendo have managed to survive you know, 30-odd years of video games that has seen Sega go to just producing games now and not consoles. It's... And it's kind of weird to see Sega now producing games for Nintendo, yeah. which is a bit odd. It doesn't feel right. And now you've got, the well, the two big ones now, PlayStation and Xbox, which both outsell um, Nintendo consoles and have done certainly for the last generation with the Wii U but you look back to the Wii and it was absolutely massive in terms of the sales that the Wii did because it, it was very revolutionary at the time with the, the style of controllers and it brought people into playing video games and getting consoles who maybe otherwise wouldn't have done um, people who weren't necessarily going to go out and buy a Playstation 4 and play 5,000 hours of Call of Duty or something like that it, it was a very different market and whatever they tried to do with the Wii U I think it was, it was almost like a mixed message of what they were marketing it as it didn't entirely make sense to people who were looking at it and thinking what is this? why is there a screen in it but that's not the console and and there, there was you know, no big Zelda game there was no big Mario game coming out on them it seems like and hopefully they've learned a lot of lessons from the Wii U and they're making sure that the Switch is launching with some really big games in the first year. Not necessarily there on day one, but coming in the first year. Because obviously the console's coming out in March, but they're going to be looking at big sales all the way up to Christmas. And there's some bigger games coming out towards the end of the year that will be around there at Christmas. Possibly one of the biggest games is going to be coming out towards Christmas, yeah. rather than now, which is what would have been nice, potentially, mm. as a launch title. But there are other really good launch titles. So what we're going to do, I think, is talk about what this new Switch console is all about. We're going to talk about some of the games which are going to be coming out. Um, and I think towards the end, we'll probably focus on 
one game in particular. <laughs> what could it be? What could it be? It begins with a Z. Mm. Yeah, so uh, let's crack on. So, yeah, there were a couple of trailers about this new Switch console, which suggested, obviously, that there's components of it being a traditional console, you know, box in front of the TV, controllers, etc. But also it had potentially the chance to be a mobile console as well. And obviously Nintendo being very successful with the 3DS as like one of the best portable uh, consoles around. Um, now we know what the Switch actually is. What do you think about it? It's intriguing. So the way it's going to work is the console itself has a screen that covers most of the side of it, which is also a touchscreen. And you can take that out with you. It's got like a kickstand at the back. So if you're on the train, you can just stand up on the table in front of you. The controllers can either clip on the side and you could hold it almost like the the screen from the Wii U with the controllers either side of the screen or like a, a larger kind of 3DS style thing, which is one big screen. Or you can detach the controllers and play with the screen stood up on the kickstand. But when you're at home, what you do is you slip it into this dock, which beams everything to your television at much higher resolution than you get on the small screen. And you play it like a normal home console on your TV. So you can then detach the controllers um, the, the two little controllers on either side and use those, or you can use that the recently pro controllers, which are the more traditional style, you know, single big controllers that you hold in both hands. And all the usual peripherals are coming out, like there's going to be little steering wheels for using Mario Kart 8, or that kind of thing. So it's aiming to be a two-in-one kind of deal, where, yes, it's a home console that will have amazing resolution on a television set, but you can also slip into a carry pouch, take it out with you, play it on the train, play it when you're out and about, you know, battery life notwithstanding, but you can... You Have they can... said what it's going to be? They've said it's going to be between three and six hours, and it will depend on the game, because they've said that the new Zelda game is probably going to last you about three hours before it'll need recharging again. But if you want to play, like, some kind of version of chess on the Nintendo Switch, it'll last for 15 hours. <laughs> probably. So, are the con- so the controllers, they do look like... Um... The classic Wii remotes, don't they? Yeah, they're like also two miniature, a cross between the, the Wii remote and the nunchuck, really. Mm. So you can hold one in each hand. And you've got straps that hold them on so you can't fling them when you're flailing about in your living room. Yeah. So they, they detach and you can play with it like that. Or you can you can attach them back on either side of the screen um, so that it becomes one large controller with the screen in the middle. Uh, which is quite a clever way of doing it. And they're going to release the controllers in different colours, so you can get the whole thing in grey, where both controllers are grey, or they're releasing them with the neon colours, where you've got like an orange and a blue controller on either side of the grey main part of the console. And I presume they're going to produce other kinds of skin for this uh, setup, um, and they're going to cost <laughs> lots of cash. <laughs> they're not going to miss that trick. <laughs> they've they've been doing this with the. Um, new Nintendo 3DSs for a while now where you can get new cover plates and things like that. Mm. I mean, it's they've got such valuable intellectual property where the characters are so memorable and people love merchandise from it that it's it's a no-brainer, really. I'm sure there'll be Zelda and Mario and everything branded. But wait a year and there'll be knockoff versions available. <laughs> <laughs> so this console, so what's the advantage of it over the current... Well, firstly, the current Nintendo consoles and also how is it going to compare with the current next-gen consoles like the uh, like the new playstations and xboxes etc so it's going to be more powerful than the wii u as i understand it it's not going to be as powerful as the best playstation or xbox that you could go out and buy right now um in in terms of the processing power that it has but it is going to have um a lot more power than the Wii U did, much better graphics than the Wii U did. Nintendo don't really go for the kind of photorealistic graphics that you get in a lot of the really impressive looking, you know, PS4, Xbox games that come out now. 
a, a lot of the games are very stylized. So it, it's kind of interesting because they've obviously decided that they don't need to go toe to toe with Sony and Microsoft in terms of how powerful the console is going to be. And like you were saying earlier, do you think this is going to be a bit like the original Wii that is aimed more at the non-specialist gamer? It's going to be like for more casual gamers, families, people who are going to play games in their living room, etc. And want more kind of fun in the gaming experience rather than spending huge amounts of time on one particular campaign in a certain game. Yeah, I, I think they're trying to aim for a really wide market with this because you've got games coming out on the Switch that are reminiscent of some of the games that really made the Wii very, very popular when it first came out. So when the Wii came out and it, it was it was reaching people who had never bought games consoles before, a lot of it was due to the Wii Sports stuff mm. and the Wii Party games, where people loved the idea of you know, using these motion controller uh, Wii motes and nunchucks and playing tennis and um, all that all that kind of thing that you got the Wii Sports uh, game that I think was bundled with a lot of the consoles when it first came out and there were a lot of party games that come out, that came out all those um, Rabbids games that uh, were quite fun and it, it was very much aimed at saying you know, th- these are games that are fun to play with other people and you don't have to spend a hundred hours of your life and they weren't that complicated to control either no, they're really easy to get to grips with. Some of them are like straightforward button bashing kind of games and, yeah. and flailing games yeah. and boxing games, <laughs> which just kind of, you know, just make sure you don't throw the Wii remote across the room kind of stuff. Yeah, and they they did lean heavily um, on the marketing, on, on the fact that some of it was basically getting exercise rather than just playing video games. They had all the Wii Fit stuff that came out. There was a balance board. Um, that, that was a big part of the Wii when it first came out I think the, the way that they used it to reach completely new markets that, that otherwise wouldn't have gone out and bought a, a home video game console and to be fair it did kind of succeed where that what was the Microsoft one called? The Connect Connect one? Yeah Yeah. so so, yeah. so the Connect was like that that was the bar that you put in front of the TV and that was meant to do the similar thing for the Xbox but it didn't really have the same effect because it came after the Wii didn't it? In terms of yeah. It's ability to play these sports games and things. Because like, you didn't actually have to have controllers, did you? It sensed motion or something. And it yeah, worked, yeah, so you were supposed to be able to just stand in front of it and it would it would know what you were doing. But I, I think people liked the idea of, of holding a controller because they, they felt a physical connection to whatever action they were doing in the game. And I think the, the Wii basically stole the thunder on it by, by getting there and it became known as the console that that you went to, to get if that was the kind of game that you wanted to play. Uh, and I went to loads of parties where people were playing it. I may or may not have once broken my toe playing Wii Tennis. <laughs> <laughs> there, was a, there was a futon and I uh, skidded under it and there was a leg in the middle of the futon that I was not expecting to be there. And I woke up the next morning and my toe gone purple. <laughs> And the x-ray showed that it was not a happy toe. And did you explain to medical staff exactly what had happened or come up with a vague, I just woke up and it was like that? (laughs) No, I I was honest and I explained that I was playing Wii Tennis and they said that I was not the first person they'd seen with a Wii-related injury. (laughs) Right, so the other thing about that, I suppose, is is with these controllers because in that presentation they do claim that these have brought back proper rumble style controllers but which are really sensitive now so they're better at sensing motion and sort of the textures you're interacting and things i mean all those things seem to be massively improving obviously we don't know because we haven't actually held one but apparently they've really gone to an effort of trying to bridge the gap of it being a handheld controller that is responsive but also allowing you to feel all the things in the world which you're interacting with yeah so motion controllers um balance control so that it 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 knows which way it's being tilted as well as as physically where it is that you're moving it it's supposed to be able to sense objects that are in front of it the game that they had a trailer for in the presentation this morning it's called one two switch which looks very much like the big kind of uh party game that they're they're launching the console with is that the one with the two cowboys yeah, yeah. it's two cowboys doing some kind of quick draw thing where you've each got one of these little um uh, what are they called? Uh, 
Joy Cons, I think they're yeah, called. Something like that. Something like that. Um, I, I just keep thinking of them as Wiimotes, but uh, and you you've got people in the advert using them, uh, doing quick draw games, doing what looks like kind of sword fighting or lightsaber games, ping pong, all, all sorts of I things. I presume, just like the advert shows, you also have to dress up as well yeah. in silly costumes, <laughs> which I don't believe come bundled with, <laughs> with the actual console. No, uh, costumes are optional, but probably entertaining. <laughs> no, because the thing is, I mean, it was, it was odd though, because Wii Sports, didn't that get bundled with the original Wii when it came out? Yeah, it did. But this is not going to get bundled. This is going to be a game that you have to buy with the console. Yeah, and quite a pricey game at that. I think they're I think. all going to be pricey. Yeah. But it's kind of odd that there's no game that apparently at the moment is going to come bundled with it. And that's an obvious one to do because it'll probably make use of the technology in the in the new controllers to allow you to do that. But the one thing that is cool about it is it's for the... Well, I'm not sure if it's actually going to work um, in terms of something that keeps you interested in the long term, but they do claim it's now a game where you are no longer going to be facing a screen and interacting with that. You know, These are games where you can actually interact with the other player face-to-face mm. and use these controllers to you know shoot them or <laughs> dance against them or whatever you're supposed to do. Yeah. Or, or do some kind of crazy boxing in the case of this arms game that they also trailered during the presentation this morning, uh, which is it's like a boxing game where it looks like you're using two joy controllers each so one in each hand and you, and you stand facing each other kind of shadow boxing i suppose yeah. but in the game the characters in the game have these crazy extendable arms so you use them to try and hit each other from great distances and it looks like you can also use them to propel yourself around the arena it looks like some bonkers 3d beat em up style uh thing it, it lo- looks quite fine it also looks exhausting yeah. because the people in the trailer are properly properly going it's one of those it. things where it looks really cool like that but then when you actually get it uh after about three punches your arm would be tired <laughs> <laughs> and you'll probably just go to defensive moves for the rest of it and just hope that nobody beats the crap out of you yeah, yeah. but it does look kind of cool i mean it's this idea that these games do look very interactive mm. i mean they are seemingly very responsive to how the user is using these remotes and the idea that you can actually um, properly have uh, control over the characters uh, based on your own movements does sound kind of cool, actually. And I remember when I was playing Skyward Sword, you know, although it wasn't a, a game without problems, and I'm not going to go into those problems here because this is not what this episode is about, but some of my favourite parts of Skyward Sword were when you were having proper kind of sword fighting boss battles against some of the enemies, particularly the ones that you had against Girahim, because I would I would get up and I would hold the Wiimote and the nunchuck like a sword and shield, and I would properly go for the sword fighting element of it, because you could hack and slash from... You had to be, you know, be very tactical what direction you were trying to hit from, how you were timing it, and by the end of it, my arms would be tired, but it was so much fun. And I do wonder if games like this, if they're going to, you know, really play on the element of it and be, you know, potentially tiring, but really fun. So they did actually kind of use games like this one two switch game and arms as obvious examples of their own properties, which are going to make use of these new controllers. But they have also started to reveal what the upcoming roster of games is going to be as well. And... For the first time, there's actually not just Nintendo titles, but there are also some third-party uh, titles as well coming out. Yeah, so they released details of a lot of games. Some of them had trailers, some of them had kind of teaser trailers, really, because there didn't seem to be any gameplay footage. And some of them it was just a person announcing that they were doing a thing. Um, but it, it was intriguing the way that they were they were clearly trying to get across the fact that there are a lot of really high-profile third-party developers involved. Because one of the criticisms of the Wii U was that it didn't have enough good third-party titles, that people just weren't developing for it. They were just developing for the PlayStation and, and the Xbox. So some of the ones that they announced um, that are from third parties, uh, they're going to have Skyrim on the Switch, which is a really intriguing prospect for me because... I know loads of people who've raved about Skyrim and how good it is, but 
It's because... just never been available on the uh, Nintendo. No, because we, we've only ever had Nintendo consoles. Never had the opportunity to play it before. So that's something I'm definitely going to get and try out. Uh, they're releasing... Um, there's going to be a FIFA game, which doesn't interest me, but those are really big selling games, so it's an important game to have. There's going to be an Ultra Street Fighter 2. Mm, bit of button bashing there. Yeah. I think, like, I think those are the kind of games that would be interesting, because I think to have a... I mean, that from the graphics they've shown, it does very much look like a very souped-up version of the original SNES-style 2D beat-em-up games, like Street Fighter 2, Championship Edition, and all those kind of things. I think those are the games which are going to... I think, well, given that Nintendo have recently released their mini NES, and there's a rumour they're going to release a mini SNES as well, mm-hmm. I think there's a chance that this might be an opportunity to start bringing back some classic Nintendo properties mm. onto this console. But to see how it's going to be utilising the new Switch capabilities is actually quite exciting. Mm. Uh, although it may just end up with me just pressing all the buttons wherever they are on the controller <laughs> and then eventually throwing things around the room, uh, <laughs> trying to beat up uh, Dalsim or <laughs> E-Honda. <laughs> the fact is, I, I hope you don't have to physically do the 100 hand slap because I can't do that. <laughs> a couple of other games that were announced um, are sequels of games that I haven't played, but I have heard are really good. Uh, and that's Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and a new Fire Emblem game as well. Hopefully those will be as good as the first ones. And maybe I'll play them. <laughs> if I can find the time amongst all the other stuff that I want to play. And then the big news is really, I guess, some of the... Nintendo properties where they've announced the the games that are coming out and some of them are brand new games and some of them are reworked games so there's going to be a Mario Kart 8 Deluxe which is going to take Mario Kart 8 from the Wii U soup it up put in some new drivers some cars some tracks some new battle arenas that kind of thing and just make it look gorgeous on Switch and that was actually one of the best games on the Wii U yeah a really good game it was the best Mario Kart for a long time, I think. The, the the tracks looked beautiful. Some of the downloadable content that they brought out later on, like the Animal Crossing stuff and the Zelda stuff, looks like it's going to be all packaged into the deluxe version that comes out on the Switch, so all those courses will be there. So that raises one point, if I could just interrupt, is about backwards compatibility. Mm. So, essentially... To be harsh, you could say that that game was released a year and a half ago on the Wii U with all the DLC content, etc. So is there any evidence that the Switch is going to be backwards compatible? Because I thought it was going to use cartridges rather than CD-ROMs or whatever they're called. Yeah, Yeah. so it's going to use cartridges, not discs. And there has been no sign of any backwards compatibility. So the Wii and the Wii U are basically dead. Yeah, unless they suddenly announce some kind of peripheral thing that you can put a disc in that would make it run, but they haven't said anything at all. And the fact that they are repackaging Wii U games to release on the Switch suggests to me that they're just going to abandon the Wii U after this. And so actually some of the games that were on the Wii U that we think are great, that maybe didn't sell that well because the Wii U didn't sell that well, we're just going to sell them to a brand new audience for people who have not got a Wii U but are going to go out and buy the Switch. Is it going to be a Smash Brothers? There was no sign of anything for Smash Brothers on there, but it, the latest Smash Brothers game is not that long ago, so it wouldn't surprise me if they repackaged it for the Wii and U. just ported it over. Yeah, because they, they did it for... Sorry, for the Switch. They did it for the Wii U and they did it for the 3DS. So they could release a new Smash Brothers for the Switch... But there was nothing listed and nothing mentioned in the presentation. So whether that means they're just going to wait and do a brand new, new Smash Brothers. In a couple of years' time or something. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. But Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is basically going to be a, a souped-up Mario Kart 8. Um, the one thing that did look good from the trailer for that is it looked like they have proper battle arenas. And my one criticism of Mario Kart 8 was that the the battle arenas, I think, were just like versions of the tracks. And it, it wasn't quite as good as some of the other games, the racing games I've done in the past, where they've got bespoke battle arenas, which are much more tailored to having the battles in. So hopefully that's something that they've brought into this one. 
the other ones that they announced are Nintendo properties. So you've got Splatoon 2. And against Splatoon is something that I never ended up playing on the Wii U. It's quite recent though, isn't it? It came out a couple of years ago, maybe? A couple of years ago. And then they've, I think they've done like added DLC courses that you can get since then. But it's been a big hit, I think, in, in terms of as much of something on the Wii U can have been a big hit because obviously the console itself didn't sell in big numbers. But it's it's the kind of property that Nintendo really need because it it takes a completely new uh, take on an old idea. So essentially you, you take the idea of these um, kind of battle arena shoot 'em up style games and you replace the bullets with paint and you just you go for it. You go with completely wacky, crazy weapons and paint bombs and paint guns and anything. You know, fun just basically cover as much of the surroundings as you yeah. can with your colour. Yeah, so I think you win by territory. So at, at the end of the game, if if your paint covers more territory than your opponents, then you win. And they are pushing this a lot because in the trailer for the Mario Kart port, they do have Splatoon characters in it now, don't they? Yeah, yeah. So it, it looks like there's going to be a Splatoon track or a Splatoon battle arena or something like that. Um, I think it's, it's something that they are pushing and it's the kind of thing they need to push really because they they need big properties of their own to really sell the console games that you can't go and play somewhere else uh, which brings us to you know one of the biggest games that has always sold Nintendo consoles and that you can't play anywhere else which is the new Mario game which unfortunately isn't going to be there at launch which is unusual actually because they usually it's it's odd that Nintendo would be putting out their newest console and not put out a Mario game packaged with it as well. Yeah. Um, but what we did see of the game in the trailer is bonkers. <laughs> it's kind of a return to the stuff that was in Super Mario Sunshine and Super mm-hmm. Mario Galaxy. Yeah, so the, the sort of big open world style of something like Super Mario Sunshine where you have these big areas that you can just go and explore jump around anywhere get onto any rooftop do whatever you want um uncover tons of hidden things lying around it 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 looks fantastic that there's there's some really kind of jarring things in there where that there are somewhere it looks like he's in the real world and he's jumping around what looks like new york or something like that and you see normal people and then you see mario next to them it's it's slightly incongruous but it's called odyssey and from what we saw in the trailer it looks like some kind of around the world thing where you're going he's going to all sorts of different places based on different parts of the world and i presume that at the end of every region uh bowser is just going to get away (laughs) (laughs) but it, it looks really fun um the one thing that was a shame that we didn't see is that it there didn't appear from the trailer to be any multiplayer function but that doesn't mean that there won't be any multiplayer yeah. function it could be unlockable or they haven't revealed it or it is odd though but although right so the last game was what was it super mario 3d, 3D world, world yeah on the wii the wii u on the wii u yeah and that was really cool yeah um but it did actually have uh multiplayer built into it and it was kind of obvious that it was a game that you know you could play with friends, trial these different like mini games out, etc. It would be a shame if this wasn't. But actually, Sunshine and Galaxy they were one player games anyway, so maybe it's a return to that. Mm. And to be honest, if you're gonna want to have somebody else playing, you're gonna need more controllers. <laughs> and to have more controllers, you're gonna need a big bank balance because <laughs> those things are not cheap. <laughs> But it is nice that that game is going to be available, but it's a shame that it's going to be what they've said, what holiday season, so Christmas this year maybe. Yeah, realistically, it's going to be out before Christmas and there'll probably be some kind of Switch with Mario Bundle out just in time to buy for your loved ones for Christmas. <laughs> but is it, yeah, it's a shame it's not available at launch. But that transitions nicely onto the one game that will be available at launch. Mm. Mm. What could be? Yeah, our sound budget has uh, dropped dramatically. <laughs> yeah, uh, the game which is going to be released at launch, uh, sort of the big high-profile game, 
is Zelda Breath of the Wild. Mm. It's been so long. It's been talked about for two, three years now. Originally, it was going to come out last year, even the year before, even on the Wii U. Fifteen, yeah. Uh, and it's been held back repeatedly, and then obviously the the NX was announced, which has now become the Switch. And they started to reveal in the last few months what this game was going to look like. And even as late as last week, they were still saying that it may not launch with the Switch, at least in Europe, it would do in Japan. But now it has been revealed that Zelda Breath of the Wild will be released on the same day as the Switch console. It's 3rd of March. 3rd of March. Not that long to go now. Not that long to go. It's so exciting. It, it is so exciting I, I i cannot adequately put into words how exciting this is why is it so exciting it's been such a long time since there was like a, a, a big new original zelda game on one of the main consoles so really the last brand new main console zelda game was skyward sword which was years ago and it, it had good things about it it had some things that maybe a little bit frustrating uh i did spend two years uh failing to get through a single silent realm which is a story for another time it's it still makes me quite sad but i finished it in the end damn you silent realm i hate you so much and before that you've got to go all the way back to things like twilight princess which was released simultaneously on the GameCube and the Wii when that came out and then um, The Wind Waker uh, before that which was a, a GameCube title so it's gone back a long long way and since then we've had things on the 3DS like Link Between Worlds we've had things like Hyrule Warriors and Triforce Heroes but to wait so long for an entry in the main series of Zelda games and to essentially have the whole Wii U come and go without a new one. We've got an HD remake of Twilight Princess, an HD remake of Wind Waker, which I'm currently in the middle of playing through again, and it's really fun. But it's it's just been such a long time. And you, you can really tell how long it's been by looking at how Breath of the Wild looks in the trailers, and then thinking back to how even the most recent one, how Skyward Sword looked. And Breath of the Wild just looks astonishing. It's a step up from anything that's been done before. Cause it's so, so it's now this big open world Zelda game. And I think basically you can go anywhere you want and do absolutely anything you want. And it looks fantastic. And there are so many... There's like a proper world that you can explore. Which is something which has probably always been alluded to in the Zelda universe. Mm. But it's always been restricted by um, either imposing a relatively linear path through the game or being in much simpler times, a game where you only had like certain things that you could do in a, you know, in a very straightforward order. But this is like a go anywhere, do anything kind of game. Yeah. So if you think of the area of something like uh, the, the main part of Hyrule Field that was in uh, Twilight Princess... So all the fields that surround a castle town and then all the areas beyond that that you, could, that you could go to, apparently that will fit into a fraction of the map of the open world of Breath of the Wild, which is kind of astonishing to think about. And what they've said about it is that you can try and go anywhere you like. You might die if you're not strong enough and you haven't got the right equipment with you, but you can still try if you want to. It sounds to me like a speedrunner's nightmare because how on earth do you navigate your way through an, what is could, could be quite a non-linear story? But when we went to Hyper Japan earlier this year, they had a preview of the game. Yeah. And didn't they say at the presentation that essentially if you wanted to, you could go directly to the end boss? Yeah. You would fail spectacularly <laughs> because you weren't prepared for it. You didn't have the right armor. You didn't have the right resources, etc. Mm. But technically, you can do what you want in this game. Yeah. And so, like you say, I think speedrunners are going to do their best to probably turn up, you know, <laughs> within five minutes, just wander over, you know, you know, and just see exactly what they can do. Yeah. So, from what we've seen from the trailers, and there've been a few trailers now, and there was a brand new trailer that was released this morning, 
it's hard to know where this story fits in with the Zelda timelines or the multiple Zelda timelines. When I saw the last trailer, which was the Life in the Ruins trailer, I started thinking that maybe this took place after Twilight Princess because you saw shots of this ruined fountain with uh, like a, a stone statue in the middle of it and it looked like the fountain in Castletown in Twilight Princess. But now that I've seen this trailer this morning, I'm, I'm even more confused because there are Koroks in it, the Great Deku Tree is in it, and I saw this and started thinking, well, maybe this takes place after Wind Waker and it's in a completely different timeline to Twilight Princess. Do you think it's actually going to have multiple timelines within the game? Is that what they're keeping back from people? Oh, man, I, I don't know. I've, I, I saw one crazy theory before today that this somehow reunites all three timelines, but I don't even know how that would be possible. Zelda Prime. <laughs> people are seeing so many things in the trailers that that make them think of one particular timeline or another timeline that I, I think people are wondering how all these things can possibly come together. But it, it could simply be that it doesn't really matter because when the Zelda games first came out, they weren't originally intended to form some great narrative. And over the years, Nintendo basically had to make them fit into a narrative because there were so many games and people loved it so much and they wanted to know. And they wanted to sell lots of very expensive coffee table books. <laughs> yes. Uh, where is my Hyrule Historia? It's around here somewhere. Um, yeah, the, the, they've got to release entire hardback books just to explain what else is going on. So this Link, he's dressed in blue. Yeah, so instead of the green, which most people would be familiar with from the old games, he's dressed in the blue, which is more reminiscent of the Shaker uh, outfits. And also you see some Shaker symbols on um, some of the technology that seems to be in the game. And technology seems to have a much greater part in this game than it has in other games. So, for example, in Skyward Sword... There was uh, a desert that you could go to and you could get this stone that, that turned back time in the area that you were. And in the past, it was this technological civilization which has since rusted away and kind of turned to dust into this desert. But when you temporarily switch back to the past around you, you get a lot of this technology um, popping up. But other than that, technology hasn't really played a big part in many of the Zelda games so it's unusual to see what looks to be so much technology in this new one and it's it suggests to me that this must be really recent in the timeline if not you know wh whichever timeline it's in the most recent installment of the story. So is there any hint about what the story is going to be about? So there are a few things we know when they showed some of the footage from the game um, starting from the very beginning Link wakes up in what's called I think the Chamber of Resurrection he doesn't seem to have any memory doesn't know who he is he hears a voice telling him to open his eyes and it seems like he has been asleep or, or even dead we're not sure for about a hundred years so he emerges into this world which a lot of it appears to be in ruins you see the you know the ruins of towns there are these giant guardian creatures which look like these sort of technological land octopus things which are, are kind of roaming around but some of them look dead some of, but some of them get activated when you go near them and they would make very good amiibos <laughs> they would make very good amiibos but they're such big amiibos i don't know why i'm going to fit them into my amiibo cabinet and beyond that all that we really know is some of the stuff that's been in the trailers, particularly some of the voiceover work, and this is something that's completely new to Breath of the Wild, is voice acting. Because in the past, whenever there's been dialogue, it's just been text dialogue on the screen. But this time they've actually gone for proper voice acting for everyone but Link, who apparently still doesn't speak because Link never speaks. So in the trailer that we had this morning, we hear Zelda we hear a voice that I think is the Great Deku Tree. We hear another voice, which is it's another male voice, but it seems like it might be distinct from the Great Deku Tree voice, but I'm not sure if that means that maybe the King of Hyrule is around. There's a male voice that says something like, you, you must 
uh, rescue my daughter, which would suggest that it might be the, the old King of Hyrule. There are lots of other characters who appear in the trailer very quickly, um, some of whom speak, some of whom don't, but loads of the classic Zelda characters and tribes are back in this, um, including ones that you know, are, are more famous for maybe appearing in some timelines than others, which just makes things even more confusing. But the the trailer that they had this morning was absolutely packed full. It was very, it was really cinematic. The music was amazing. It's a beautiful trailer. Is is it going to be a traditional Ganondorf villain, or is that unknown, or is it going to be like another iteration of Ganondorf or the Ganondorf concept or whatever it is? So in this morning's trailer. Uh, somebody refers to the Calamity Ganon and in the footage you see some kind of malevolent entity which appears to be trapped within and around Hyrule Castle. This kind of reddish purple uh, smoking thing that is enveloping it and appears to have some kind of consciousness but is not a a person, it's like some malevolent uh, force that's in there. So whether that means that that is essentially Ganon's essence, which has somehow been sealed away, a lot of the Zelda games over the years have involved Ganon or Ganondorf, uh, or even Demise, if you go all the way back to Skyward Sword, which is the beginning of the story, being sealed away and then breaking back out again and threatening everyone again, and then having essentially having to be put back in the box, if that's possible. So... There is definitely Ganon in some kind of form or another who is going to be central to the story. So given this is a complete open world Zelda game, do you think it's going to make use of the new online gaming that the Switch is going to have? Or is that unknown? Or is that, is that always going to be do you think, kept out of the Zelda universe? I don't know because I've just started playing Wind Waker HD. I played Wind Waker years ago back when it came out on on its original console and I I felt like trying the HD version because it had been a long time and I just wanted to play another Zelda game and one of the things they've introduced in that is the idea of these messages and bottles where you can write a message uh, or draw a picture or whatever and basically you use the Wii U's online functionality to send it out into the universe and as you're sailing around on the seas, or sometimes washed up on the shore, you encounter these bottles, and when you pick them up, you will get other people's messages that they've sent. Um, so you can just send funny little notes out. There's this thing in Wind Waker called the Picto Box, which is basically a camera that you use to take pictures of characters, villains, monsters, f- friendly characters, pretty much anyone. And it's this incredibly long-winded side quest to essentially complete a a huge list of of characters and villains and whatnot that you take photographs of and then you get their little miniature statues in a special place hidden away in the world and it's the kind of side quest that just takes an eternity to finish because there are so many things you need to photograph but one of the things that you can do in these ship and bottles is you can send pictographs off and then other people can pick them up so if there's a pictograph you've taken of something that's really hard to get a pictograph of, you can send it out into the rest of the universe in one of these bottles and someone somewhere will hopefully pick it up and will get that picture too and it, it makes a side quest a bit easier to complete. So there is a good chance they might actually incorporate some of the online aspect of the game into this and use and use mechanisms like that to uh, add a little bit of interesting gameplay to the Zelda universe. Yeah, and... The one thing that you always find in these Zelda games is that there's always some big side quests that you can choose to do completely optional. Uh, you don't have to do them in order to complete the storyline. Some of them can take a long time to do. Some of them are super quick. But they're always really fun. And I wonder if there's going to be some kind of online element to it, if it's going to have something to do with a side quest. Because I, I can't see based on the kind of storyline that you can maybe start to see emerging from the trailer i can't see how it would come into the actual storyline of going out and defeating canon or whatever it is but there's, there's got to be side quests in this somewhere it wouldn't be a zelda game without side quests 
So the one thing in the trailer for the actual Switch itself was that they finally confirmed that it will be compatible with the Nintendo Amiibos. And they specifically show the new Amiibos that are part of the new Breath of the Wild game. Yeah, so I was reading about what some of these Amiibos are going to do because we've had Amiibo functionality in Twilight Princess HD and in that what they did was depending on the Amiibo that you use it can restock your hearts, give you arrows. If you use the Ganondorf Amiibo because you're feeling particularly masochistic then it will double the damage that you take from your enemies, things like that. And the way the Amiibos are going to work in the new game seems to be quite similar. So depending on the Amiibo that you tap into the game, uh, it will kind of restock you with supplies in some instances. The one that's really interesting is the wolf. Because there's a there's a Wolf Link Amiibo that came with Twilight Princess. And in Breath of the Wild, you're able to tap this in and it will give you a wolf companion who goes around with you in the game. And if you're attacking an enemy, the wolf will also try and attack an enemy. And the wolf will have its own uh, health scale of a number of hearts. And so if the wolf runs out of hearts, it'll be out of the game. And I, I think it's something like you have to wait a day and then you can tap it back in again, something like that. But the, the really uh, clever thing is that the number of hearts that your wolf can have depends in part on whether you play Twilight Princess HD and how well you succeeded in doing <laughs> this particularly horrible side quest in the Cave of Shadows. Cave of Shadows? Cave of whichever one it was that had the wolf in it in, uh, in Twilight Princess HD. So if, if you haven't played it, your wolf, I think, will have three hearts. But if you've played Twilight Princess HD and you've made it through this cave and you finish the cave with more than three hearts, it will save that into your wolf amiibo. And then when you put it in Breath of the Wild, it will have an increased number of hearts. Hmm. So realistically, do you think this is going to be another four-year odyssey like uh, Skyward Sword? <laughs> I, I really hope not. I really hope not. The, the problem with Skyward Sword is that I got stuck in one particular place and it became so frustrating that I couldn't do this particular thing. Basically, it was the Skyloft Silent Realm. I hated the Silent Realms. The Skyloft one was the fourth one, the final one and the hardest one. And I, I just kept dying in the same area over and over and over and over again, just dozens of times again and again and again, to the point where I didn't enjoy playing it anymore because it was so frustrating. And the, the more annoyed I got about the fact that I couldn't do this, the worse I became at playing the thing and, and the, the less hope I had of ever actually getting past it. And fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I, I genuinely believed for a good year or so that I was never going to be able to finish the game. I thought, if I can't get past this Silent Realm... And it, it, was re it was really sad, because I thought, I'm never going to finish the story, I'm never going to save the world, I'm not going to defeat Demise, I'm, I'm not going to be able to compete as Zelda And it would game. all be on you. It would all be on me. It was because I just couldn't do that damn Silent Realm. And I, it actually made me quite sad, really, because I thought I wasn't going to be able to do it. And on one occasion... I fluked my way, completely fluked my way out of the situation I was in. Essentially, if you've played the game, it's the bit where you get the tear of light that's in the graveyard and you've got to try and get back out of the graveyard without being seen by the dude with the torch and you get up and over the next building to drop down and get the next one. And I couldn't get out of the graveyard without being seen every single time and the gardens came and killed me every single time and on one occasion I fluked out when I got onto the top of the next building the guardian who was coming up to kill me somehow went over my head and I went underneath him and fell down and that was it and I finished the silent realm still very raw oh god it was just so it those silent realms were my least favorite part of any Zelda game I've ever played because I found them so stressful I still find it stressful talking about it. But anyway, I got past it, and then I was able to finish the game, and it was really fun. So I don't think it's going to take me four years to finish. Although, if it is as open world as they say, and if there are going to be some crazy side quests, it could be the kind of game where 
even after you finish the storyline, you keep playing it for a really long time because there's so much to explore, places that you haven't been to yet, side quests that you haven't completed. You know, it could be that I play it for four years, but not because I'm stuck, just because I'm enjoying it. Right, so that is the uh, immediate reaction to the Nintendo Switch and the current roster of games which are coming out. And I think like many Nintendo consoles, it's not the biggest list of games, but what they clearly have gone for are uh, some new entries in some of their best franchises, most notably the new Zelda game, which Mm. we've spent a lot of time discussing. (laughs) but I think, yeah, the proof is going to come in a little over six weeks now Yeah. Uh, when the new console is out. And it'd be kind of exciting to see if uh, this really is a game changer or if it's the death of Nintendo. <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> So that's it for episode seven, uh, which uh, was basically just one long reaction to everything that we saw at four o'clock this morning. Uh, I'm just still so excited about it. I just want to go and play Zelda right now. It looks amazing. Uh, Next time, episode eight, uh, we're going to be talking about something else. Yes. (laughs) I think we're going to talk about um, some more TV related things. Hmm. Um, some of the things that we were watching towards the end of last year will finally come back to where we left off the CW DC shows. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the shows which are coming out uh, this year, actually sort of in the first half of this year, especially uh, which are specific genre shows that we have been waiting for the return of for some time. Mm. But yeah, I think we'll figure something out. I'm sure. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you.